Hello, I'm Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Oh my gosh, Molly! <laughs> I need a filter. No, you do not. I need a no. I need a filter for my Zoom, but I also need a filter for my mouth. I'll be very mindful. Okay. <laughs> I love that this is the first few seconds that people hear of this conversation. Um, For everyone who is listening, I am talking to Molly Fenton. Um, Molly is one of my favorite people on the planet, I think, (laughs) even before today. And we are, of course, in times of isolation, social distancing, Um, quarantine, whatever it is you may call it, to survive in a day. And Molly is actually living in New Orleans in a hot spot in the country. So I really wanted to have a conversation, number one, because I think you have a lot to share. And number two, because I think it's important that people realize that regardless of where you are and like where you are physically, but also where you are in life, that this is a thing and that we are all experiencing it. But I do always start, Molly, with a little bit about your AOPI story and then how we know each other. So tell everyone a little bit about how you came to be an AOPI and all that comes with that. And it froze right there. You said, tell me a little bit about my AOPI story? Yes. yes and you yes. and I? Yes. I don't even know when we officially oh, this met. would be when the internet starts freezing. What? <laughs> okay, so... Okay, now I have connection again. Very good. So, tell me how you came to be an AOPI. I'm not... Um, so, ironically, I am not at all, like, a regular AOPI story. Like, I didn't go through formal recruitment. I never wanted to be an authority. I, um... I honestly, after my first semester of college, just kind of was like, well, I'm bored. And somebody that was an AOPI was kind of telling me in the hallway of the dorms to go through spring recruitment. And I literally was like, sure, I guess I'll check it out. So I went to all the houses and I talked to all the girls and I was offered a bid from multiple organizations. And when it came down to debating over two of the organizations, which was AOPI and Uh a PT team, Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's keep that part to ourselves. <laughs> I'm wearing pink. We're the pink team, remember? Okay. <laughs> Before um, we start calling out other no, chapters. No, absolutely not. No, but one of the things that was unique about AOPI um, on our campus, and I went to Southeastern Louisiana University, was I really, when debating over the two organizations, they would have been both in a great fit. The women were great in both. But when I looked at AOPI, it was... I looked at who I wanted to be, and I thought the women in AOPI could make me into the best version of myself. Um, They would challenge me and not accept mediocre, and honestly challenge me when I would go off the beaten path. Um, And honestly, (laughs) just like make me who I am. And that's 
it it was truly everything and more for that for me. But Opie, when I was joining, wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always roses and pandas. Um, after my first semester, I wanted to quit. Um, I was unhappy with X, Y, and Z. Some of it was the silliest things, and it was the catty things that all of us experienced from just women just fighting and all of a sudden going, well, I, this is not why I joined a sorority. And um, I will never forget Brittany Saru, who is chapter president at the time. Um, she kind of, when I went in that room and went to turn in my letter to quit, I cried. And she said, well, if you want to quit, why are you crying? And I was like, because I'm so unhappy. This is not what I wanted. And she's like, well, you have two options. You can quit today or you can do something about it. And you can change it. And so um, I decided to write it out. And I didn't know how I was going to change it. But she was like, and I was on academic development at the time. So I was not an officer or anything. And I was really just there for the socials at the time. And there was a few positions open the following semester. And I got up in, of academic development with a 4.0, by the way, at that point. And um, after having maybe a 2.0 or something like that. And she she was like, hey, we have a few positions open. Why don't you run for chapter standards? Oh. And I was like, you know. That's a bit of a jump. Yeah, from being on academic development and being kind of the person that was called into standards all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Um, so I ran in and I actually got elected and didn't know what I was getting myself into. But at the time, chapter standards was sisterhood and standards. And since I kept complaining about our sisterhood, it was a great opportunity for me to go, okay, how do we change it? Like, how do we make it better? And that really started my AOPI experience. Um, but I don't think when I think about AOPI, it was ever about my experience of why I joined. It's really why I stayed. Um, it was the women around me that really supported and challenged me all through four years of my college experience, including when my parents got divorced. There was emotionally, it was a lot for me. And um, advisors like Ashley Welch and Callie Blackwell Peterman um, found me jobs, found ways for me to financially support going to college by myself. Um, there was women and parents that just pushed me when I didn't have the support and backing behind me financially. And so when that's why I, who I am today and this is why I volunteer today is I hope to give back to the organization and young women like some of my advisors, parents, and collegians gave to me. I love that's this That's in a nutshell. Story. That was really long-winded. But, but no, and I, I think that it's an honest story. And I even learned a couple of things about you I did not know. And, you know, I also think it really speaks to the power that our advisors have to really change the course of our members' lives and to impact them. And I think sometimes people go, oh, I just serve on an AAC. There is never a just serving on an AAC. I have only done that once in my life, and I loved it. Like, it is still among my very favorite memories, that that interaction and, and the challenges and the way that you see everyone rise up to those challenges and then celebrate yes. those successes. Like it really is what it means to volunteer in our organization. And so a shout out to these women, because if they hadn't been so great at it, we might not be talking today. 
We most definitely would not, honestly, if it wasn't for the advisors. Now, there is something that you did in college that is that is not related to AOPI that I absolutely love about you, and that is that you are a mascot. Okay. Whoa, whoa. I was mascot in high school. Oh, in high school, in high school. Okay, so not in college. So tell me about that, because that's a thing, Molly, like that's not like you don't just sign up and go, hey, give me a costume. Like there are camps for it and you learn like special ways to move in the costumes. Like I've seen you do this and I love it. Okay, well one, have you ever seen my dance moves? It was like I was born to be mascot. I'm so I'm so all over the place and you just put that costume on me and it actually fits my dance moves a little better. I so, love this. Uh, no, honestly, it came down to all my friends who were on the dance team and cheerleading, and um, I felt left out at football games, so I was like, well, I never wanted to be a cheerleader or, or a dancer, and I can't dance nor cheer, so I was like, I'm just going to try out for mascot, so I painted a little Barbie Jeep, my school colors, you know, the ones that kids ride? Yes. And I put on the costume, and I did some rap music and rolled it out in my blamed out Barbie Jeep. I might have flipped off of it because I was too big for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got it. I did it for two years. It was so much fun. Uh, one time they actually um, carried me. We did Thriller and they, they made a wooden coffin and carried me out, out of it. Okay, so tell you me. You saw those dance moves. Tell me what this costume was. Like what was your mascot in high school? I was a tiger. That is and I always felt like that because it was a scary tiger. Like I got punched in the stomach a few times <laughs> by little kids, <laughs> make them cry all the time. Um, one time I was performing in, t- in front of the entire student body and there was by no secret that it was me in the costume. That was not a secret. And I was actually had the head on and a cockroach ran across my face. Uh-uh. Well, if you didn't know it was me at that point, at that point you did because I just threw that head off in the middle of everybody. <laughs> And ran out. And, and for people who do not realize, we live in the deep south. So cockroaches are, are not, they're not a surprising thing for us, but we certainly don't want them in costumes with us. I definitely don't want them by my face. <laughs> oh my. So that's one of my favorite stories about you. And, and Molly, you know, I really tried to think about when the first time we met was. And I, I, I feel like I've known you for as long as I mean, I'm obviously older, but for as long as you've been an AOPI, and I know that can't be true, but I don't remember. It just goes that far back, I guess. I, you know, I, I thought about it too, and I'm like, when did we get so close? And like, how did we, how did we develop the relationship? And there's not like one key moment. It, it just has always been there. And one, I was obsessed with you when I first met you. <laughs> and um, That's and I was like, oh my god, I want to be like Crystal Combs. <laughs> and then at some point, like we started talking, and I was like, we're gonna be BFFs. <laughs> and That's so, so funny. I, I really don't know the moment. I I just know as far as I can remember, 
we have been friends. Well, and I feel like you add a lot of, I I feel like my life has a little bit of pop and sparkle, but I am relatively, as a person, very conservative. And, you know, I need people like you in my life to add that pop and sparkle and kind of bring me out of that comfort zone a little. And and I do Orleans spin, Crystal. I, I do, I do. And it has made my life so much fun and so colorful and so memorable. So I do, I do love this. Um, so speaking of New Orleans, that is where you are joining me from via Zoom. You are... Mm-hmm. Yes, New, the great city of New Orleans. Yeah, and it is a great city. It is also a hot spot. So you have been in quarantine. So yes. let's talk a little bit about... I mean, we talked a little bit just as we were getting set up and making sure we had good connections. And I, I literally had tears in my eyes. I'm so glad I wasn't wearing mascara because of the conversation beforehand. But it's very real. And as you know, um, New Orleans particularly, we we hear and think, I don't know that anyone really knows, but because of Mardi Gras, because of the St. Patrick's Day festivities, that that, that is what prompted it to become a hotspot because there are literally just thousands upon thousands of people in small spaces and and we we now have quarantine and the governor has just extended you know all of these things for many of us and so social distancing is very much a reality for you talk to me a little bit about what that looks like in your everyday life so when I'll be the first to own it. Like I was traveling to New York city the month before, like that COVID started. Like I was everywhere traveling, including New York, um, staying at the airport, the whole nine yards. I, I am all about Mardi Gras. You know that about me. I do. I don't miss a parade. I don't miss the party. I don't miss any of it. And then St. Patty's day comes. I mean, I kind of call this time of the year. It's, it's, it's festival season. Um, January hits, it's New Year's, and then the party really starts in New Orleans. From Mardi Gras to St. Patty's Day to then festival after festival. This would have been French Quarter Festival, Jazz Fest, Bayou Bugaloo. Like, they just, they're nonstop. And so um, I did it all, including St. Patty's Day. And I don't think I honestly took it too seriously until that Monday morning, actually Sunday morning, um, I went out of the city and not to go out, but I just realized the city was about to go on a shutdown. And so I went to the French quarter and it was dead. And I was just like looking around and I was like, God, life's about to change. And that Monday morning when I heard our mayor speak and they were just talking about how serious it was about to get, I decided at that moment that I've probably been a little selfish. Um, and I put myself in a full self isolation for three weeks. Um, it was going to be 14 days, but, you know, when I started it, I was like 14 days and then I know I don't have the COVID and I'm free. And then when I got to the 14th day, I was so happy that I was able to stay alone for 14 days by myself. Um, I got really close to my cats, like we're best friends again, talk to them all the time. Um, but I was also going insane. And then I tried thinking I was going to leave and I got massive anxiety about leaving my house. I um, was afraid to get in my car. I didn't even know what the community looked like. Like, I was like, can people drive on the roads? Like, I haven't left. Right. I, can I get on the interstate? Like, and I almost started having a panic attack about leaving my house and the city. And um, so I put myself in another week of self-isolation because I was so afraid. 
Um, and my anxiety was so high at that point of what this was going to look like for the community and all the people as the city just kept getting worse and worse. Well, and I think there's so. a lot to be said for that, though, Molly, because like you recognized that you had been put at risk, whether or not you were actually in contact or you weren't or you're a carrier or you're not you still recognize that that risk was there. And so you literally stayed at home for two weeks, which is great because you know that you have done it, but then you don't know that anyone you now come across has done it. And so maybe maybe they are okay, but maybe they're not. And I think there's a lot to be said about that anxiety. You know, when I go out to places, I do wear my mask. I do have my gloves on. I do know when to switch out in between gloves. Fortunately, that's that's a byproduct of working in a healthcare-related field. But not knowing what other people do, every surface they touch, yes. every door handle, um, it's scary. And even people that are trying to do the right thing, do they understand it enough? I think there's a lot to be said for that anxiety. And it is very real and very present. And it's exhausting. Yes. Um, the fact that when I have to go take out the trash or pick up the trash, it gives me anxiety is something that like, I never thought we would be living in today that like I grab the trash can and I'm like, Oh God, the trash man came today. Did that just, did I just get COVID? Like it, it creates an anxiety when you get an Amazon box because God forbid I am shopping so much because I am so bored. <laughs> um, I bought myself a baby pool Nintendo and an NES, SES, whatever. Wait, I mean, a baby I, pool? The list goes on. Like a like a toddler pool, like for your backyard? Yeah, like a pool for my backyard. <laughs> well, it's a little bigger than a toddler pool, but yes, I bought myself a little pool so I could play in my backyard by myself. <laughs> I love this. Yes. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. I'm proud for you. Does that count? <laughs> You find new ways to entertain yourself. Well, and you know, we had just talked that you had just recently connected with a personal trainer and had started a plan, and then all of the gyms shut down. Yes. So um, I've been working out since like last November, and then for Lynn, I was like, you know what, I'm going to switch from just doing like ellipticals to like for Lynn, I committed to just instead of running twice a week, I was like, I'm going to start running four times a week. So I was going to the gym every day. And then the gym started slowly shutting down, but not all of them. And I was connecting with a personal trainer and that gym, just like every other gym shut down. And it was like, so my one thing that was mentally helping me get through this is now gone. Let's also add that I might have sprained my ankle run, trying to run in the streets of New Orleans week one. <laughs> well, it's not exactly a safe place to run. <laughs> The no, streets the, the are roads are all broken. So I was like, this is great. I'm enjoying the city. When else can you run on Magazine Street? Because it's empty. And I was like, I'm going to run down St. Charles. I'm going to be that person. And week <laughs> one, sprains my ankle, was limping. And I was like, great. All right. So I messaged my personal trainer privately. And I just said, so what's the COVID-19 diet? Because all I'm living on is peanuts, M&Ms, and Coca-Cola. Um, so as, and he's like, you know, I I really haven't figured out the COVID-19 diet. And I said, well, help me because now I have a sprained ankle. I'm eating too much peanuts. I'm drinking too much Coke. And 
I, I need to make sure I'm staying healthy. Like, and to me, the way to stay mentally healthy is to be outside and be with people. And I can't be with people. Like that is what controls my mental health is people. Um, so my routine has most definitely changed daily. Completely um, has changed. I I go to the park every morning to do some weightlifting, and um, I go on a walk every afternoon to just get outside and appreciate the city for almost how quiet it is now um, and the beauty of the city in this awful situation. I agree with that. You also have a little bit of an added challenge because you had recently met a person mm-hmm. and we like person. Yes. And then we went into quarantine. So yes, I, um, and I don't normally talk about this kind of stuff. If anybody knows me, I don't ever talk about my personal dating life, but this is actually kind of humorous. And I think a lot of people could, anybody living alone and is used to having social interaction probably feel the pain that I'm feeling of talking to my walls and trying to find new ways to entertain myself. But the thing that a lot of us haven't talked about is <laughs> dating in COVID-19. Um, I was dating this guy and it was going really well. Like I was like, this is, this is solid. And we went on great dates. We were like, okay, we're going to go exclusive. And then I had to go into a 14 day quarantine, which also meant from him. And, and I'm like, so sorry well, I'm laughing, I but it's just, I, it's terrible. I was like, I don't even like to talk on the phone on a regular day. What? It's, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's terrible and it's funny all at the same time. Because, of course, this would be when we go. It, it couldn't be when you haven't had a great date in two years and it wouldn't matter, right? Right. No, no. Molly finally finds this great man and we go in quarantine. Just, like, knocking on the door and it was like, just joking. Wait a little bit longer. Um. And so it's funny because I talk to my girlfriends about this a lot because I'm not the only one that has experienced this where you have to revamp your your way you communicate with your friends. You have to revamp of what a relationship also looks like. And um, so when I went into self-quarantine, I also committed to not seeing him because, I mean, we're not even living in the same city and the city he lives in isn't like the plague of New Orleans. So like, I mean, they were any. If I would go to that city, they everyone just thought I was carrying the plague. So I just stayed in my little bubble, and so we had to get creative with what date nights looked right like. Right, like FaceTime, no more dressing up and looking great every time you go on a date and go <laughs> and see these nice dinners. It was that and drinking wine and FaceTiming with no makeup on and hair in a ponytail and um. It was challenging, and it's kind of scary sometimes because it just looks a lot different. Like, you got to find new ways. Like, it's not as simple as being like, I'm, we can go to this restaurant down the street and go walk the quarter or whatever. It's you're sucking a house, so um, and you can't see anybody else. Right. And so you get to know each other very fast, too. You know, I think it's interesting because we often – we do it for everything, right? We do it for recruitment and we 
dress up because we want to put our best foot forward. And then, you know, you get your bid, you get initiated, all of the things. And then all of a sudden, you don't recognize the sister that's wearing your letters because she's headed to class with no makeup on, right? And and we do that for dates as well. Like, I can only imagine what Trey thought the first time he saw me. I mean, I'm dramatically different with and without makeup. Number one, I'm pale. Everything I have is some shade of blonde, so you can't see eyelashes or eyebrows or anything else. And and so I can only yes. imagine that man and his thoughts the first time I was like, good morning. <laughs> you know, like it just, hey, it's me. Like, welcome. I was kidding. Um, but but I think that that while in the short run, it's it's probably tremendously disconcerting and uncomfortable because I do feel like it it gives it gives us the authority but also um, the ability to step out there and just be brutally honest and you hate to say sometimes that that starts with with the physical like with your looks but it it does right like I think about how much money I put into products for my face right like wrinkle cream or anti-aging or toner or whatever and then and then you know we layer it with cosmetics and all of these things but but it's almost vulnerable particularly early in a relationship you know it's different me sitting here with you I've known you a hundred years you have seen me without makeup many 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 occasions but to do so with someone particularly when there is hope maybe I should say, for the future and, and certainly an interest, I can imagine that too is is uncomfortable and puts you outside of a comfort zone. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, let's just be real. We can't get our hair done right now. I can't get my nails done right now. I did buy my own nail set at my house, like even with the little laser thing. Epic fail. Um, and while you can wait, still do facials wait, at wait, your house. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You bought the little light curing thing? Well, I actually read somewhere that those those lights cure COVID. So I'm just trying to support all the, the conspiracy theories out there. Um, but yes, I did. I did. I was like, I have to take off this gel that was on my nails when this started. Because what do you, like, I was, I had it on my nails, and then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, all the nail salons are shut down in the city, and I was mm-hmm. like, what do I do now? Okay, so I took, like, six buffer blocks and destroyed them yes. trying to buff that stuff off, but I'm pretty sure I destroyed anything left of my fingernails, too. So, I figure in, like, by December, they'll have grown back? I don't know. Yeah, like, maybe by then, they'll be healthy again. It's bad. Like, I lost half of one of my nails. Like, it's, it's so <laughs> bad. But... When you think about it, yes, I normally get spray. I'll be honest, I get spray tans most weeks. I, I go to the gym almost every day. Like you have to take a, I mean, I already bought my summer wardrobe, right? Like I bought El- Leadership Institute's wardrobe already. Same. Like there, you take this moment where all these like materialistic things matter, and you really just have to let it go and just hope to be the most authentic version of yourself. And hope that I don't scare the guy away. <laughs> well, you know, I will tell you that, I mean, I've been married 20 years now. So that, that part, I hope, is not still on the table. But but it was funny because I, you mentioned your Leadership Institute wardrobe. Everyone knows I plan events and wardrobes forever out, right? And Two years in advance. It's some, sometimes. Don't, don't judge a sister. And, <laughs> and do you know, so I... It, it was the time of year anyway, and I'm switching out my closets, and I, I take out my dresses I had set aside for Leadership Institute, and and I, I really did. I, I was just, it took a minute, and I thought, oh, 
this is not the same. And so I took a shower and I put on my makeup and I put one on and I walked outside and I poured a glass of champagne and my husband comes around the corner and he says, what are you doing, honey? And I said, I wanted to dress up. And I said, I was supposed to wear this dress at LI and it will now be virtual and maybe I can, maybe I can wear it while I'm Zooming or something, but, but I, I wanted to wear it. And he goes, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to leave you with that right now. <laughs> I mean, what was the man right? supposed to it's say, like, right? I mean, it's like Easter. I didn't see a soul for Easter. And I I put an Easter dress on because <laughs> right. I just was like, I just want to wear like normal clothes for one second and feel like a normal human being. Yes. Well, and, and even today, like I have on my, I, I forget the name of this company, Wild something, something, I don't know. And, and it's, it's a little shirt and it says chips and salsa diet. Like, this is my favorite pullover. I love it. It is true. I love all things chips and salsa. I miss Mexican food. But do you know that, and then I have on real pants. I have on blue jeans today. Like, that's a thing, right? You have blue jeans on? I, I was going to ask if you tried keep putting your blue jeans on because I tried putting some shorts on the other day and realized that great, I might have gained that quarantine 15. Okay, well, I will tell you that I was very concerned because I do shop so far out, and I'm kind of always about the same size and shape. I just tend to be maybe squishier or not, depending on the time of year. And I was getting a little bit concerned because my travels, I do work out. I do love it. I get up early in the morning, so the world is still sleepy and quiet, and it's kind of my me time. And yet, when I was doing all of the travel through the fall, summer and fall, I was only getting in maybe two days a week. And then so my commitment to myself in the new year, I don't even think it was a resolution, is that I would stop carrying on luggage so that I could pack my run shoes and I could get in workouts while I was away. And I just started doing that. Well, well, maybe, except that then we all got quarantined. But now, like, and I keep a little track of my workouts. And I don't say like, I spent 37 minutes doing this. I just, what did I do? And did I do anything? And if you look at February, it was like two, maybe three days out of seven. You look at March and April, it's like five, five, six, five, seven. I'm like, oh dude, I'm so good to fit into all of my dresses this summer. (laughs) This is great. Well, you know, It's kind of ironic that you said that because my company, we're all trying to find new ways to like do things. And one thing we're doing with my team is my my VP was like, hey, we're all being so lazy. Why don't we do like a 10,000 step challenge? Like it, add workouts in your day. And so we split up into teams and we're logging it every day. And like you quickly realize how much you move and how little you move. And it, and it, and those days that I don't want to get out, it reminds me to get out and just, again, appreciate the, the beauty in the city because I don't want to report that I only had a thousand steps, which I only had a thousand steps yesterday. So now I have to catch up, not find 9,000 extra steps this week. Okay. Well, so it's funny you say that because when that first started to be a thing, like the counting the steps, and that's been, you know, I'm always a little bit behind the game with that kind of stuff, and and then one day I was I was curious, because I thought, I'm active, even if I don't get up and run in a day, I get up, and I'm doing some form of at-home workout, we're very fortunate we have an at-home home gym, and, and so I'm doing something, and I thought, 
I'm always getting in 10,000 steps. That is, that is, I don't even need to buy one of these little $80 things or whatever. And, and so I did, it was, it was those old ones too. I'm talking like the little ones that you could put in your pocket or whatever before it was on the your ones that AOPI handed out at convention like three years ago so something, something like that yes and, and you know yeah. I'm like I've got this and then I realized that if 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 I'm not literally running like going out to get three four five miles in that I maybe get in three thousand miles I mean three thousand steps a day and also right. like, and then I thought well this thing is obviously broken this cannot possibly be correct yes it's right. not broken, but it was a real wake up call because I sit at a desk all day long and I get up and I may run up upstairs to, you know, take a phone call or do something, but that does not make for 10,000 steps. <laughs> but I love this. Now, now what happens at the end? Do you right. get a prize for yourself if you do this challenge or how does that work? Yeah. So we're still debating on what what the team that wins gets it's gonna obviously brag and rights um yeah but like last time we did a challenge and i think the team got to choose like where we would donate money it's like we do a fundraiser from it like Ooh. every like you got to choose where you'd want to donate money so I, we haven't really actually decided on it but we're actually now it seems like a lot of the sales teams across the united states are kind of starting to all like we were talking about it on our call this week and they're like now we're going to do a challenge against your team and That's so awesome. it's kind of creating a a bigger project of I guess my biggest thing right now is you gotta focus on your mental health. Yes. Um you and I you and I were talking about this before we even started recording is our days look very different right now. And you would think they'd be slower, but they're almost busier and our busy looks so different. Yes. And Every single thing you do in a day matters. I mean, every sale I make matters more than it did even three months ago because I'm thinking about my paycheck and my food budget has, what, doubled or tripled at this point because everything's getting delivered. But, like, every moment matters. And your day, it's like you're just as busy, but it's a different kind of busy. Absolutely. Um, And so if you're not focusing and taking care of yourself right now, my biggest fear is that we'll lose ourselves. And I mean, you, you know this, and I don't mind saying it. Like I lost somebody to suicide last May and it, it only taught me more today, more than ever, of, especially when you're sitting at home alone all the time, it is so quick to get depressed. I mean, I had a mental breakdown on Easter. I mean, not seeing anybody except through zoom, not seeing my nephew's, I'll be honest, Easter, I normally don't even go see my family. I celebrate and party in the city. <laughs> it's my favorite day in the city. I go to church. There's Easter bonnet parades. It's a thing. But it it causes mental breaks. And so I am trying so hard. It's, it's about the 10,000 steps, but I think about it as, like, it's for me. Like, every moment that I do for me matters right now. Um, so, Crystal, I got to tell you, last night, I, I've never taken a bath in – my bathtub, I always shower, right? So since this is sore, I've been trying to take a bath once a week with a candle, glass of wine, <laughs> like relax, listen to music. Well, right. last night I was like, I had a really bad day. And I was like, I'm going to give myself an hour and just breathe. I lay in the bathtub, light the candle, you know, the shower rods, yes. that, not the shower rods, the rods that hold all your shampoos and everything. Oh, sure. 
I might at this point have way too much facial supplies and everything on it that while I'm relaxing and having my glass of wine, it decides to fall over and hit me in the head. The metal <laughs> rod hit me in the head. I'm so sorry. So, I'm laughing. Oh my. I, I just sat there for a second. Purple shampoo is now exploded all over my bathroom. And I was like sitting there staring and I was like, I thought I had a bad day already. And it's the one day I didn't go walk outside, which made it almost worse. Like the one day I didn't work out. And then a metal rod hit me in the head and I was like, oh my God, like does God have jokes today? Because I just got bonked in the head like to add on to this day. Um, And so (laughs) I just wanted to tell you that because I was like, I mean, that was me trying to take care of myself and then I got slapped in the face. But um, I I just, it's like my biggest thing that I'm telling everybody right now, like mental health and taking care of yourself, I think is number one priority. I couldn't agree more. And you know, look, to your point, Easter is my favorite day of the year. It it brings about, regardless of how you celebrate, how you celebrate this season, yeah. um, for my Jewish friends, Passover, um, it, it just always seems to be the jumping off point for the new and the fresh and the exciting. It's it's when I switch out my closets. It's when I switch out the, the tablescapes in my house. And, and it is the weather shifts and it's beautiful and the breeze is out and it's just, it's almost cathartic coming through what we call winter. I recognize our winter is not really winter. But, you know, on Easter, my boys outvoted me. We did not get dressed up. They were like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that, mama. And so, so that's fine. Congratulations. Three to one. I think the dog even sided with them. I don't know. (laughs) And, and I, you know, and I was fine with that going into it. I'm like, look, I get it. Right. I baked a little bit. We did have a wonderful brunch. And then I went outside and I sat and I just cried and I cried and I cried and I wasn't crying because I wasn't dressed up, and I, but but it was, or even because we had, I mean, I love our family, but, but we weren't supposed to be here anyway. We were supposed to be in New York, and I cried because we weren't there, and I was supposed to have been having brunch and going to see six, and and I wasn't doing that either, and, and now that we were home, we couldn't even go to an Easter egg hunt we've taken the boys to with family friends for a decade, and it just, and I cried, and then I got it all out. And I was okay, but not really. And I put on a fresh set of pajamas. And I, you know, went on about the rest of the day and changed out the tablescape because Easter was over. And and then and then I was okay, but not really. And what I had to know is that it was okay. It was okay for me not to be okay. It was okay to cry. My boys were like, oh my gosh, what is wrong? And I said, you know what? Nothing. I just think I needed to cry. And once it was done and it was fine, and then the next day I got up and had the best run I've had in probably three years, I felt like I was in my 20s until I got to the end of it and realized that I'm not. And two days later, I'm still kind of dying from it. But, but you know, I think to your point, mental health is different for every one of us. And how you take care of yourself looks differently some days than it does others. But recognizing where you are and when you do need other people, like I, we have dinner around the table every night. And, and one of my sons was like, 
so are we doing this table thing again tonight? And I said, I'll tell you what, we don't have to, but then like an hour of your gaming life later means you sit and talk to your mother about your day. And he goes, so the table it is. I was like, yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> like we solved that problem. But, but I think how you, how you manage is different day to day and that what you think you need one day can be different than what you think you need the next and that there are not necessarily any wrong answers. And when you need to reach out to people, that's okay too, you know? And I think that if you don't have that person or those people, find them because they're important. And I hope that I've been that person to my people, but I also hope they know that they've been those people for me. And that's probably the biggest lesson that I have learned during all of this is that you have to take time for yourself. And particularly as women, we don't always do a very good job of that. We're too busy taking care of everyone else in our worlds. And I love doing that, but sometimes I just need to sit and cry, right? Or to go for a run to fill for three or four days later. That was a good run. You know, it it was crazy because I, my time, now look, I am never a fast runner, but if I get in like the 10 and a half minute mile range, I feel like I am killing it. And I, and I looked at my watch and I was like, I'm surely that's not right. And I felt good. And I had a great playlist going in my ears. And so, you know, I finished up a few miles later and I'm like, that was amazing. And then that night I went to get up off the sofa and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't walk. So it was amazing, but now not not so amazing. (laughs) So tell me this to wrap up. Tell me, what is the first thing you're going to do when everything reopens and we are not social distancing again? Okay, so I... I told some somebody was like, "What do you want to do? Do you want to travel?" And I was like, "I definitely want to travel. Like, I have a I had booked trip that are canceled at this point. My first thing I'm going to do is I'm not seriously going to do this, but I like even kiss the floor of Bourbon Street. Like, I'm not going to really do that, but like, I just can't wait for the city to reopen. Um, I can't wait. Like, I think for a whole week, I will I will eat at every single one of my favorite restaurants. I, um, I'm going to do everything local to support the community. Yes. Um, I am, I'm just going to walk in the French Quarter. I, I don't want to leave the city, and I just want to appreciate the beauty of the local community um, and support the local community. I, I am devastated with how our local community has been impacted. and I keep trying to order local everything. If the restaurants are open, I'm trying to do it because, I mean – I didn't really say I'm in sales, but I sell to companies. And so I'm seeing that this is every day a a true impact of how this isn't impacting employees and employers. Um, And it devastates me and it devastates me for the city of New Orleans. Um, And so the first thing I'm going to do is probably go to the French Quarter. I'll be completely honest. (laughs) I will tell you that I would imagine our family, um, you know, we live outside of the city, but it is the nearest one to us. And we have said that we want to go and have brunch and just walk and see and do and and be there and be a part of it. And we have several trips, of course, and special events that have also been canceled. And I feel like we'll get to all of those. But first is just to live and breathe and be a part of all things local. And for all of our 
sisters and friends that have local businesses, just hang in there. Do all that you can because because we will come back. I firmly believe we will and that we will hopefully be stronger for it. But Molly, you're amazing. Thank you for having this conversation. Thank you for having me. But when you come to New Orleans, we get to hang out. Well, we are. We are. I'm going to add you to my list because, you know, it is one of my favorite things to do. And for all of you out there listening, as always, thank you and stay well.